Lee is a scientist at our local children's hospital here in Cincinnati. Are you okay sharing that? You're... Yeah, of course. Okay. I didn't know if maybe you had like a really dirty set and you didn't want them knowing where you were, <laughs> where you worked at or there, there could be repercussions. No. So I have to ask you because all of us, our comedy, our, our sense of humor is shaped by plenty of different things, by our upbringing, by our background, um, the, you know, our friends, what have you. You have a very interesting background. Um, you, mm. you went to college in China. Um, mm -hmm. Well, obviously you were born in China. You went to college in China. Then you came over here to the United States um, and you started out as a resident. And I did a little bit of stocking. I'm sorry. But you started out as a resident at Children's Hospital and worked your way up. All of that, I assume, has to shape what you bring to the stage, what, what kind of jokes you tell. Uh, yeah, well, first of all, I had a little bit of challenge in the first, like you have mentioned, how can I be funny while I'm so serious, right? And um, and then talk about the, the dirty part of the language, that's also challenging for me because I have not said any have you say K words on stage? Um, but I do think uh, the whole comedy thing is helping me and I really love it. And I don't say there is any um, thing preventing me, holding me back of being on stage. Well, that's awesome. Well, what about, uh, what am I trying to say here? So, a good example, and I'm, I'm not trying mm. to to uh, put you in, but I mean, it, it, it's kind of easy to put you in the same box. And I wish I could remember his name, and that's terrible of me. I'll do research. But uh, the doctor uh, that played in, in Hangover, I mean, he's a real-life doctor. And then here he is now all of a sudden playing in the Hangover, doing stand-up comedy. And it really took a lot of people by surprise. And honestly... That's kind of the, I guess the question I have for you is does does your professional like do do you find yourself telling jokes or, or writing your jokes uh, using any any of your professional life as input into your jokes or is it a when you go in, in to your stand up um, and do your set is it a totally different version of Lee that you see does that make sense Yes, makes sense. So your question was. Is there any impact of my professional life about the way I tell my jokes? You ask my questions right. so much more eloquently. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just rephrase it, but um, the answer is yes. And I think uh, for me, when I'm on stage, all my focus will be my audience. They're the most important things. Um, I would like to tell whatever they want to know. It's not a speech. It's not a TED talk. So all I wanted to do is to entertain them and make them laugh. So the so that determines how I tell my jokes and what was the contents in my jokes. If my audience loved the aspect of my professional life, I would share more. Um, but if they are interested in all other things uh, about me, like my culture, um, the where things happen to me in my life, or any other things. So it's all focused on them. 
and they will determine what the contents of my jokes, their interest. And with that being said, I found it's difficult for me when I'm trying to phrase a sentence on stage when I am using so much professional thinking where all the sentences are extremely long. They can take two, three lines. That's just how we talk at work. And that is a barrier I have to break when I am on stage because if I talk too long, the sentence is too long to to be on the stage, it's not going to be easy for them. It's too heavy, and there's no time for them to take a breath while listening to me. Now, I think you'll see the difference when I'm talking right now. All my sentences are so long, and that's supposed to be um, the opposite when I'm on the stage. No, but that's honestly what this podcast is about, and that's so awesome you bring up that point. Like, I don't think people realize uh, the process or, or sometimes the thought processes that we have to go through in formulating a set or to the extent we have to go, because I mean, you're right. You, in your profession, and I've never made that correlation. I didn't even think about that until you said it, but you're right. I mean, it's very long winded. The medical profession in general is a very long winded. We love to give the long Latin names and all that fun stuff and how that transpires not only right now as you are are taking mastery of the English language which I think you're very proficient but trying to shape that dialogue where you're hitting the jokes the maximum amount of jokes uh in in, you know in the minimum amount of time like you said because that's what it's about when you get up on stage it's how many punches can I get out in this five minutes or however long the open mic's giving you um, and, and my hat's off to you because a lot of comics just starting out aren't even thinking about that yet. If that makes sense, that shows uh, to me a real level of professionalism already. Um, really? Thank you. That you're thinking about your audience enough to say, okay, am I, am I, I mean, you're really thinking, you know, is this engaging to them? Am, am I, what I'm thinking, is it coming out and being transposed? In in, a, in an engaging way where the audience will be gripped because in stand up comedy and you know this then already I mean because you've done a decent amount of hand ups and or hand ups stand up I I, I don't know what I was trying to say let's try that again <laughs> take two on that now you've done a decent amount of open mics in a short amount of time and you realize these these audiences out there can be brutal. They're they're not there to make you feel good. Some <laughs> at times they're they uh they'll be the first ones uh, to find that weakness in you um, when you're on stage. And I don't know where I was going with that. I think that was all because of my fupa. But that is awesome that you do recognize that. So yeah, I do I do love my audience, and that's the only reason make me excited I want to be on stage. I really enjoy the moments when I say something and then they burst into laugh. And that's like, I feel like a whole, much more um, accomplished than me publishing a paper. I mean, that's a different aspect, but it's, it's very encouraging for me. And I really love the feeling to be on the stage and using whatever tools or materials I have to entertain the audience. And honestly, I feel what I get out of the stage is much more than I give. There's so much that I learned on stage so much more that I have never have any access to, for example. 
the people I met in a comedy club or any open mics, they are very different from um, uh, from the other group of people where I interact on a daily basis. I love all of them. They have all cool ideas. They're so authentic and they're so passionate and they have all the, the coolest ideas around the world about life, about all the opinions that I usually don't see in my everyday life. And um, I just love, love that difference and that uh, liberal environment that people don't really judge you. Whatever you do, they don't judge you. And this is very rare in an academic setting where you people will always look at you uh, for your profile, like your CV, your publications, your achievements, and they will tailor a conversation based on that. Well, in a comedy com- like um, environment, everything like nobody cares who you are, nobody cares what you do, and they just on stage make their own jokes and uh, share the, the, the happiness of a good joke or a laughter. And that's awesome. That's why I love the stage. And um, yeah. That's a good answer. I mean, it's, and, it, and it's so cool to hear you, from what I gather, it, it's, it's night and day going from a LinkedIn world to almost uh, an Instagram world, uh, you know, where, <laughs> in, in a world where you are judged by your accolades and you have quite a few accolades, uh, you know, that obviously you should be very proud of, but I mean, again, that's how you, you move forward in, in that world. Mm. It's, it's an academic, you know, an academia, but when you come over to the entertainment side, it's mm-hmm. how many people can I win over? How many people yeah. can I get? And, and, and one thing that's, really unique about comedians and I noticed what he says is I've always felt as stand-up comics we have a very unique way and and I see it in you as well as as looking at the world in other words we are the ones that see what other people tend to overlook Mm -hmm. um you know you you are fascinated by this almost like another world um, mm-hmm. and, and then there's a lot of us comics. I, I talked to a comic the other day about how, um, a lot of comics deal with mental health issues. And for them, that is their, their material. They go up and they show that perspective of the world or they work through their pain and, and comedy in itself is, 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 is an art form. It's, it's its own little craft. Like, I real to to comment on what you have just said. I really enjoy the free spirit in a comedy uh, community, where I don't have to wear any hat. I already had. I have to wear all this hat back in my own country before I came here. I'm so so tired, obviously, to be recognized only for what I do. And that's the first question people ask. And they will ask, oh, what you do? And I started to car- carry the conversation towards that direction. But I am much more than that. First of all, I'm a human being. I have my own feelings. I have my opinions. I have my everything towards things in life. And um, well, in the comedy environment, I will be only recognized as a comedian, for which I per- perhaps sucks so far. Um, the, all the other comedians on stage have all my respect. I was learning from them how to talk, how to manage my time, how to um, control my speeches, how to find the best languages on stage, the most appropriate or inappropriate. 
And that's all make me feel I am nobody. Like I'm nobody. Nobody knows anything else. I am just starting from ground zero. And that gave me a very big relief that I don't have to carry any hats. In comedy, yeah. yeah, the comedians will embrace you. That's one thing I loved when I started doing open mics was the fact that if I went up there and I bombed, I didn't have people mm. saying, oh, you sucked or that was <laughs> so, uh, the The other guys would tell me, you know, you're uh -huh. going to bomb. And then they would say, try this next time. Or, or yeah. when you're up there on stage, I don't know, mm. all those things. What, and I just, just to give us the perspective of, like you said, the real perspective, not the perspective we get on TV, on the news or what have you. What is the comedy scene when, from where you're from back in China, what what is, or is there a stand-up scene? Uh, yes, we do have uh, stand-up comedies in China, but it's very different uh, from what I see here in the States. Uh, what I mean by that is, uh, in our culture, the, com the comedy is more towards being funny and making fun of people uh, just to... It's like more entertaining. It's not relevant to our everyday life. Um, this is like more real and more relatable. And um, another thing I realized is the gender difference. In China, we almost 90% of the comedians are male. But here, you can see both sides. You can see all different genders um, performing on stage. It's got a bigger variety of topics, a, big, a bigger variety of participants, and a much bigger audience here in the States. That's a, And you got to forgive me. I, I, I misspoke. I, I meant um, in China, are there open mics? Like, are the, is there ability for someone new? Like, say, when you were in school mm -hmm. in China, would, would mm -hmm. you have had Not really. That? Not no. really. They, they have four more, more formal performance on TV shows. Um, they don't do it um, like like us here in a stand comedy like we have in our city life. No, back in in Asia, as far as I know, they don't have we don't have those type of art form performance form. And the reason I asked too about the open mic is we know a lot, and you hear a lot about over in China with the you you have less freedoms of speech, mm -hmm. and I would imagine that plays a big part. In why there why there's not that's a, a... true <laughs> that's true I mean that's a big part if uh, if this happened um, in China probably some of the comedians will go to jail already <laughs> wow uh, but yeah but that's it's changing I think in the younger generation we're more open to talk about stuff but um, it's you can easily caught up um, for what you said. Um, if this go viral online, it should be in trouble. So people are trying to be really careful about what they say uh, in public. So, yeah. So that's another reason why we don't have a booming uh, open mics or stand comedy in that culture. With your comedy, are you a clean comic? Are you, have you, is that even an option? Do you know what I mean? Are you open to being a dirty comic? Um, that's a good question. Uh, for me, I am trying to be authentic. So I would do what is comfortable to me. And I think 
uh, we have all genres of comics and people can go all directions. I have all the respect. And for myself, I am learning and evolving. I started very clean. I was, I, it's, it's not because I want to, but because I don't know how not to be clean. Right. Because all the English I learned are textbook English. <laughs> and there's <laughs> there's not much um, like vocabularies I can use from textbooks. You just wrote a joke um, right there. <laughs> I will tell you when I did my first open mic, Lee, I bombed miserably. <laughs> I was like a deer in the headlights. I, I got spooked. I went up, I told a joke. I don't even remember what the damn joke was, but I got spooked because of the the silence. And I was mm-hmm. like a deer in headlights. I probably peed a little bit at that time. I don't know, <laughs> but I was terrified. But guess what? I did it again. And I and when I finally did have that first set where I, I kept them going, and I mean, it was, just, you know, I was getting an applause when I was getting off, man. It was like you said, it, it there is, I've never done drugs um, but I would imagine the high that some of these people talk about feeling is what it's like when you win your first audience. Mm. It, 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 you are chasing <laughs> that for the rest of your life. Um, mm-hmm. it is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Speaking of the authenticity, I do have, uh, like another point to add to your conversation. I think, uh, one important thing that I learned in some comedy is that, um, it's a self-discovery. Thing. I thought there are things that we like I myself don't understand about myself until later I was on stage. Uh, so I encourage people, comedians, to try more um, out, out, out of their comfort zone. And perhaps you will discover more and your authenticity would also evolve. Um, I think that authenticity is not a static state, state of mind. It will always evolve as you learn more. Um, so that's, um, yeah, there's something I think is that uh, is deep. related related to uh, the, the what 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 comedians can do for us. I will give you an example. <clears throat> it's a personal story. Mm, I am not able to talk about sex jokes because I don't have much confidence. I don't know a lot. I've, um, it become something that I was embarrassed to mention um, to friends, to anyone. I don't want to even think about it. But stand-up comedy is helping me to face that uh, that fact and making me feel so released and so okay with it. Because remember I mentioned I did uh, stand-up comedy three days in a row in a week. Yeah, and I, and I made I made a joke out of it. I said on stage one time, I said I had uh, the stand-up comedies three times in a week, oh three times in a row. It's much more frequent than my sex life. And as as soon as I said that, I felt such a big relief. I felt okay. I am fine with it. The entire world will be fine with it too. And um and it's. It's like a flip. Um, it's uh, there's a lot of pressure release, and it's just so authentic in a way that I was not used to be. That was beautiful. That is so true. Um, 
You know, and, and, and I can speak on that is a great point because when you are up there and you're brand new doing this, A, you don't know really what you're doing. But B, she makes such a good point because as you are honing your craft and learning what you're doing, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. We live in such a society where we try to portray ourselves as being what we think everybody wants us to be. And we're so afraid to step out of the box and be something different. And, and, and we live, we got to quit living in our fears. We got to quit living in what everybody thinks about us because ultimately, Lee makes a great point. It really matters what we think about it. And when, when we can put it out there and be okay with it is a beautiful thing. You just made an Oprah moment of this whole podcast. <laughs> that is awesome. I'm glad it's helpful. I also want to share um, a few people that I met in this very short time doing the stand-up comedy. Um, those are great people. I want people to know the, commu- the community not only as a, pe- a bunch of people making jokes. They are, they are putting their life there, and they are being so authentic, and they are real people. They're part of us. The first guy I would like to mention was the guy who uh, was, um, was hosting a open mic the other night. And I saw him the next time on a different, uh, different place. He was hosting again. And he came up to me, he said, oh, I remember you. And I was very excited. Oh, somebody really remembered me. I'm very new. I'm excited. Somebody recognized me. And he said, yeah, I remember you. I caught your mic last night. <laughs> And it makes me feel, okay, he is treating me seriously because um, he, he came up not to me not because he want to introduce him as a friend or anything. He's being professional. Even though he cut my mic, I still have all the respect for him. And he's being serious with me. He's not saying like, oh, you're new. I'll give you extra credit. I'll, I'll treat you differently. No, everybody's the same. And I really like that. And that made me feel in this in this stand comedy there is rules and there is like ways like standards we everybody has to follow. Is it is as professional as any other art forms, as any other job. People are putting lots of efforts, people are training themselves, they are respecting each other. Like everybody should follow the rules and I get it and I love it. That right there is a now and look at this too from the perspective of someone, and again, I'm going to go back to, who is a PhD. Um, and if we have to go, we all, res- especially now, these days, respect, you know, the first day, our healthcare workers. Um, so, but I mean, you're in a position where you're used to people coming up to you saying doctor, you know, in, in, in receiving that respect uh, from all the work mm-hmm. you put into it. And then to be able to, to just give that respect um, I mean, that's what it's all about. Stand-up comedy, it's it's easy to get into. And, and if you get into it in, in, well, okay, let me take that back. <laughs> it's not easy. Stand-up comedy, <laughs> stand-up comedy is something that anybody can do. If you find an open mic, anybody can get up there and do it. And if you do it and you're humble, other comics will help you. They'll give you pointers. But if you do it, and, and, and I've seen it before, and you go in there with a big head, uh, and you think you're somebody and you're just going to walk in here and get you, you know, because you're about to make millions or what have you, you won't last a minute. This industry, it does have its uh, traditions and its cultures. Um, and, and yeah, mm-hmm. and, and if you just like anything. Yes. 
That is awesome. Why that yeah, that is awesome. I'm glad honestly that the community in Cincinnati that you that you found the network is the the stand-up comedy and there really is a really talented group of comedians and and just good guys in, in this city mm-hmm. and women, good guys and women. Let me let me reference that and rephrase it. It's just the club I was at the women didn't we had a few female comics but they didn't not because they didn't like it it was just a smaller club um we did a an open mic at a bar on the west side um mm-hmm. when i got done and yeah i'm trying to think we had megan but we had many more men but this city uh there's a lot of good comics and there's a lot of good clubs there's a lot of good open mics and it's just a really cool scene a really mm-hmm. cool scene well okay here's so obviously when life goes back to normal uh, in Ohio, which is is uh, in Ohio, it seems like the time keeps going on further and further and further away, at least on, on our end. But when life goes back to normal, we will obviously see you at open mics. Um, is there any way, and if you don't, that's fine. I can edit this off. Um, but is did you want to plug yourself in any way? Any way people can find you? Are you on Instagram, TikTok, MySpace, uh, AOL, Messenger? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a very a social media um, people. So I, well, I you, people can find me on Facebook. That might be the only um, thing I check regularly. Um, yeah, I'll share with you on my Facebook. Gotcha. That's perfect. And obviously, mm-hmm. if you were here local in Cincinnati when uh, the apocalypse is over and and we are allowed to live like normal people again, um, you'll definitely probably see Lee out there hitting up all the open mics around the city, uh, which is awesome. That is super awesome. And, and um, I'm going to add you to our group. So what I'm going to be doing, I'm hoping to get these out uh, first week of May, uh, which is actually coming up here. Um, and just start rolling them out week by week, if that makes sense, an episode a week. Um, mm-hmm. What I'm going to do when I put them up on the Facebook and all that, because for my logo, I got like this weird little cartoon head that I like. So I think to continue with that for my episode logos, um, what I'm going to do is put the cartoon head and then I'm going to have uh, the guy who did mine for each comic do a custom head of them too, like the cartoon head. Um, so that way, it'll, you know, it'll say Hendrix episode featuring, it'll have your name there and then it'll have like a cool little head there as well. Um, so I'm going to do that. And then also I'm trying to figure it out who's going to be doing our shirts, um, which is not fun, but I'm going to have, basically I'm going to have like a cool little prize package for you all for being on the podcast each week. Um, and then I'll definitely let you know what week I'm going to put it up and I'm going to send you a copy of the interview before I even post it. Do you know what I mean? That way you can be like, okay, that's Mm -hmm. cool. Um, Obviously we didn't touch on anything here where I can go back and misconstrue anything, (laughs) but I, I would respect the, or expect the same common courtesy from anybody else. So I figured that's just a good thing to do to let you listen to it and and say, okay, Uh that's cool. Um, Other than that, I'll add you on Facebook. We can definitely do these again because what I'm working on doing right now in the back end, and I think you'll honestly like this, um, is I got a bunch of people, uh, some of them international and some of them here in Cincinnati, um, some of them brand new, and then a lot of the ones here in Cincinnati are comics, and we're putting together an online workshop 
um, mm. where you can sit there, you can do five minutes, but there'll be comics like local comics that are going to give feedback and, and help with writing jokes and all that fun stuff. Um, mm, sounds fun. Yeah. And it's not something mm. we're doing like for a charge. It's not one of those things. It's legit. Just something we're putting together. Just community. You know what I mean? Just, just, mm-hmm. just cause just to provide that resource for new comics. Cause I mean, I was a new comic and it's, it's nice to, to have, uh, a little help and to have a little guidance when you're writing. And it just, it, it, to me, it progresses you along that path a little bit further than trying to feel it, your, mm-hmm. you know, feel it out yourself. Um, I have so much to talk about, Carnegie. I can talk day and night with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, then let's, we'll do this again. Seriously. If, if you're, you know, I, I'm obviously, I, I like to put out an episode a week. Um, that's what I did my last podcast. So I'm hoping to do these the same way. And I'm just going to start putting them out on Fridays. Um, not this Friday, but I mean, when I start launching them, I usually put them, upload them on Friday. Um, but I, when I told you earlier about not really sure about how the show is going to look quite yet, um, mm-hmm. I'd love to, uh, even open up some panel discussions on the podcast, uh, having, you know, a few different comics or what have you, you know what I mean? And just, just chat about things. Um, yeah. You can always let me know how I can be of any help to, yeah, for you. Oh, I definitely happy to will. do so. I definitely will. I definitely will. and I'm gonna add you to that group today. It's called you'll see it, it come it's called Chuckle Fucks. Mm, okay. And it's just a play on word, you know, fuck being spelled P H U K because they always it's a dumb little saying, you know, oh mm. you're a chuckle fuck. I don't know. I remember when I was little, old people used to say that to you like, Oh, you're a chuckle fuck, just meaning like you're a clown. Um <laughs> so it, that's what that's why we use it. Plus I figured the logo's good enough. Uh, where even if people don't know what the group's about, it'll help sell merchandise. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we shall see. Oh, one more. Yeah, but uh, before we go, do I have time to share one more thing? Because I really yeah, want to share. Yeah, go for it. It's still recording. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. You're good. I, I feel what I learned in doing stand comedy is helping me in so much, so many ways. Um, most recently, we had a division presentation for. Uh, the scientific research at Children's Hospital, and I was supposed to uh, present with another person, uh, share it with the two of us will be able, well, sh- would share one hour in total, but we'll go back and forth. Uh, one people will talk first, and I will catch up, and then I will hand it over to him. So it's like that. And, and for the first time, I realized, okay, now it's very similar to a stand-up comedy because um, I will, after I finish, I will introduce him and I will give a short introduction about what the audience should expect from him next so that our whole presentation will be complete and a whole piece, a holistic piece. Uh, And I was always doing that. Um, And then later when I look back at how the whole thing worked out, I feel like, well, he's doing a very professional job. He's presenting his stuff, but... um, after he, he finished, there's no connection between his speech and my part. But whenever I finish, because I learned the way in the stand comedy that we need to introduce the next comedians on stage, and I'm used to do that. So I introduce a little bit of him so that the audience of this scientific report, the audience would have a better idea of how to translate from one story to the next story, and it's, it's helping them. 
and I realized, wow, I was learning a lot. I mean, everything I learned in stand-up comedy is actually helping me, helping me with my professional life. Um, this is just one example. There are many examples, but this is just one. That is a that's a great example. It's it's like a a, a funner funner that that will be our, it's a better version of toast make or what are they called toastmasters the the speech making this is like a, a much funner way of doing the uh, the toastmaster that's so true you know honestly mm-hmm. I think if you were to fine tune that piece of uh, how this has helped you in your professional life. Like I would love to do mm. another, um, you know, give you some time to really think about, it, but I think we could do a whole nother podcast on that just about, because I'm oh, not going to lie to you. People, great idea. I love that. People will really find it fascinating. Uh, mm. your perspective and, and you gotta, I mean, again, cause you said, this is what we do. We play to our audience. So taking that different perspective, think about it now. It's, you're someone who uh, to a lot of people is in a position that's up here. You know, it's, it's higher in the hierarchy. It, it, like I said, it has that, that respect just in the title, uh, you know, the doctor title. So a lot of people are going to be like, wow. And then to hear that you're taking something from stand-up comedy, which is, again, it's just a form of entertainment and how you're able to apply it. That's just such a, 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 and and how you're using it to find out more about yourself. I mean, that is to interest. That is an interesting topic, and it's 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 a totally that is to me what would make a really good show. It's just because I mean, you had me when you were talking about that. I was my mouth was shut just because it's that's very interesting. Like wow. Yeah, I would love to talk. I have a lots of examples. That's why I think stand up comedy is a blessing. People should uh, embrace it, enjoy it. It's so much to learn. I, I, give, I can give you a ton of examples of how this is helping me in other part of my life. Totally. Your, your professional aspect, like what you do professionally, it, it's very, anything that makes you unique and anything that makes you different in comedy, play on it. Um, mm-hmm. I always tell people this. I tell my little, I got two daughters. I have a nine-year-old daughter and I have a 12-year-old daughter. And mm. we all know that kids in school are very cruel. <laughs> but I tell my <laughs> girls all the time, I say, if you look at anybody who's ever made it in this world, anybody who's famous, you know, um, or even their famous little people they like to watch on Disney, the reason the people made it and they're celebrated is because they were the first persons to celebrate what made them unique. They didn't try to blend in. They didn't try to be like everybody else. They took the thing that made them different and said, then this is going to be the thing that defines me. Mm. And, and they celebrated it and they made it beautiful. So take for you the thing that, that ends up being your biggest hindrance in life and let that be the thing that makes you. I'm not saying like, you know, but okay, a good example is there's a lot of comics out there who have physical deformities and they, mm-hmm. they took that physical deformity and they said, you know, this, I'm going to turn it into something beautiful. I mean, or what have you, whatever, whatever for me, I had to do some things on weight. I've always struggled with weight. Um, so I've done some fat jokes to me, the best thing to tell you, cause I could tell you to do jokes on this and that, but that's from my perspective, you know, that may not be who you are. What mm-hmm. I would do is just. And, and I feel like you're already doing it. I feel like I don't have to tell you anything. Like you're, you're very intuitive 
um, and you're very open and humble to this, and you're picking up on things that most people don't even have a clue about. So I feel like you're not afraid to step outside the box and to try something new. And like you said, if it works and it fits into your character and you're not selling yourself out, then you'll do it. And exactly. And yeah. that's the best way to be. Honestly, you're fine. You don't need help. The comics that need help are the ones that go in there and they think they know everything and they know what's funny. And if people don't laugh, that's their problem. <laughs> and and th those are the those are the new comics that won't last long. But the fact that you're open, you're receptive, and and you're just so damn grateful uh, for the little things is going to take you far because that's that that's just a good person, you know. what I mean, and good people do well in this world. I feel so. Thank you. Thank you for today. All right, and that was my interview with Lee Yang. I'm sorry it got cut short at the end. I was having some audio difficulties, and I couldn't put that portion in because it sounded terrible. <laughs> so join us next week. Uh, I do an episode every Friday. We will have another interview with another comedian. Until then, have a great week, and thanks for listening to The Hendrix Experience. <laughs>